If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cuckoo writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Morgan McGlynn back to the podcast. Morgan is the owner of award-winning independent cheese shop, Cheeses of Muswell Hill. She's also a judge for the World Cheese Awards and the resident cheese expert on Channel 4 Sunday Brunch. Her first book, The Modern Cheesemaker, showed how to make 18 classic cheeses step by step. And in fact, the last episode we did together, we made ricotta live on the podcast, if you remember, yes, Morgan. I do, yes. in the back of the shop. So welcome back. Thank you. Um, Today we're going to talk about 10 things you need to know about being a cheesemonger because there's a whole fascinating world beyond that little counter and I'm not sure people realise the amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So let's kick off with number one on your list, which is a cheesemonger is not just a sales assistant. Yeah, well, I think so. Um, I think there's quite a lot more to being a cheesemonger that you kind of don't realise because you walk into the shop, you order a bit of brie and you kind of think it stops there. But um, being a cheesemonger takes a huge amount of knowledge um, you have to know everything about the cheese you have to know the history where it's come from how it's made what's the best condition to sell it in um, which is something you wouldn't think about but we want that cheese to be cheese board ready um, so that could mean maturing a brie for a couple of days or maturing a cheddar for 13 weeks um, so <laughs> Yeah, in terms of being a cheesemonger, there's a little bit more to it, I think. And when we do get staff, we have a period of, I would say, maybe a month, two months of actually training before you'd serve a customer at the shop. Really? So yeah. they don't they don't get to just immediately sell me a wedge of cheese? No, definitely not. <laughs> I think if someone walked in there and... Um, someone served them that maybe didn't know enough about the cheese yeah. it wouldn't look great on the shop and also it's not good for them they want to know everything and know what they're selling talking about that your number two was cheesemongers don't just fall into the job there's often a lot of training goes on tell us about some of that training yeah so I mean I actually did fall into the job so it's not I, but I did spend a lot of time in the shop, um, not only learning about the cheese, but the business as well, because I was a Saturday girl before I bought it. Um, but there's a lot of other avenues now. When I had it, when I started 
I don't know how many years ago it was now, 15 years ago, um, that was one of the only ways to do it. You worked on the shop floor and you learned as much as you could. Um, but now you've got things like the Cheese Academy in London and you can actually learn and get a qualification for cheese, which is incredible. Mm. You've got culinary schools all over the country that are teaching you how to make cheese and learning about the farms. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's really, really developed in the time I've had the shop and it's incredible to see these, you know, I actually know a, a 16-year-old boy at the minute who is um, training to be a cheesemaker up in Nottingham. Wow. And it's incredible. What he's learning is fantastic. I'm so interested in it because I learned it kind of from the ground up, but he's doing it all in one course in a year and he'll probably go off and be running Neil Jard in, yeah. you know, six months' time. And it's, it is fab. It's one of those skills that, you know, if, if we don't take care of it, it's going to die out, Definitely. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think that there's actually been, since I've had the shop, there's such a lovely interest in it now. Yeah. Um, we're seeing it quite organically with uh, TikTok, which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but we have been doing kind of um, tutorials on how the cheese is made, where they come from. And you're talking about a million plus views on these videos. Really? Yeah. People are so interested in how it works behind the scenes, yeah. which we never thought about. We put up a video once, kind of as an accident. And now it's a huge part of our business, um, teaching people where these cheeses come from, um, about the history, about the cheese makers, because yeah. um, they've got so many good stories. And yeah. Where, where can people find the TikTok videos? What's oh God, I, uh, I don't, I think it's Cheese of Muzzle Hill okay. or Morgan <laughs> Cheeses. Um, but yeah, we've only done it for the last two months, but the following's like ridiculous. Okay, we'll check. We'll check it. Yeah. We'll, we'll add it. We'll add it at the end of the yeah, podcast so people find can find it. it yeah. Um, so number three, you say seventy percent of being a cheesemonger is about serving in the shop. What's the other thirty percent? So yeah, you've got that seventy percent, which is talking to customers mm. and, like I said, talking through those cheeses, selling the product as well, because that's important. But you've got the behind the scenes, which is going to source the cheeses. So yeah. obviously, I spend a lot of my time. Um, whether it's the World Cheese Awards and discovering new cheese or mm. looking out for these new cheeses that are produced in the UK. That's a massive part of my job. And I take the girls along with me. So we'll go off and we'll make cheese at one of the farms or learn about the business, which is fab. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'd say the other 30% is sourcing, yeah. um, actually treating the cheese as well. So we mature the cheeses. Yeah, so it's like maturing. For example, in the garden where we are now, yeah. we have a old war bunker that you can see oh, in the background, yeah. which is built into a hill. So it's disgusting and humid and gross. No one wants to go in there, but it's fantastic for maturing cheese. That's amazing. So we have all of our Comte for the year in there. We've got the Stilton that will be for Christmas and that's being turned, um, you know, every couple of weeks. So there's a lot to it behind the scenes mm. um, as well as serving the customers on, obviously. So did you, know. you have to treat the, the war bunker with inside? Did you have yeah. to do what, what sort of things did you so do So we had it? it, well, we didn't have it insulated, but we had it um, basically wood panelled the oh. whole thing and it's very damp in there anyway. So it was a fantastic place to and Damp is good. Damp is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that humidity just helps the cheese develop and it's fab so you'll see me on a daily basis walking out here in the mud yeah. <laughs> going to get a huge cheese and bring it back into the shop to cut so yeah. and when you do your research trips you literally travel the country looking for new yeah. cheeses and going and meeting the makers and yeah so I spent I mean I'm very lucky that I do get sent a lot of cheese as well mm. so if there's something that's come out with a farm we know they send us a sample over the whole period so towards the beginning of when they first make it and then when it becomes actually a cheese that's ready to sell yeah 
and it's fantastic. It's just such a great way of us showing our customers these new cheeses. You know, if there's something amazing coming out of Scotland, we get sent it down and then we could have that on a tasting board on a Saturday. Yeah. And we sometimes have like a little tick list. Did you love it or didn't you? And it's great for us because we know what the customers want. We can have it in the cabinet maybe a week later and it becomes a regular cheese for us. Nice. So you do your market research literally on your customers. Oh yeah, we have a basic <laughs> yes or no tick really? with a Sharpie. Yeah, we do it quite often um, just because it's... I think when someone gets a free taster of cheese, they tend to say they love it. Um, but if they tick along outside without us watching, yeah. they don't feel as bad saying they don't love it. Yeah. So, because I think, as I said, cheese is so personal. Like It's so personal to mm. your taste. I can love something that you would absolutely hate. So it's great for me to get an idea of what the customers love. Yeah. And many cheeses that I really like, we don't sell. Um, just because they don't sell well. People don't love them as much as I do. What, what sort of style would, is it because they're a little bit too much? They, there's a few that are a bit different, like Yetosk, which is a um, Norwegian cheese. It's yeah. so thick, it's like toffee. I think I've had that before. I love it. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it is like a sort of caramel, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think that's amazing. But yeah. other people are like, this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you sell this? So it's working out the balance of what sells and what's unusual, but we'll still, we won't get left with loads of it in the week. God. Cheese is not good for my waistline, so <laughs> I don't need it. And talking about work, actually working in the shop, number four, you say wrapping cheese as an art form. I it love this. <laughs> so I would say that when I'm training the staff, so we have this period of time where, I mean, the training part of it is they have to try every single cheese. So that's the fun bit. But then you've got the other bits, which is caring for the cheese. So mm. like trimming it and making sure they're all in good condition. But wrapping a cheese is really important because if you get that wrong and you'll know, I've given you cheese before where yeah. we've wrapped it in the paper. If there is a gap in it, you're going to get the dryness mm. and it's not going to taste as amazing as it did in the shop. So actually learning to wrap cheese well not only should it look beautiful when it leaves the shop yeah it should keep that cheese really like moist and lovely so that when it gets to the cheese board at home whether you've been out shopping for four or five hours it should be perfect um so it's one of the things we we do spend quite a lot of time on uh, with the girls you know getting them to wrap beautifully and like I said, a bit of an art form to it. So it's kind of origami. It almost. is. Yeah, I think so. Amazing. <laughs> I love your number five because it is kind of like, don't be shy. Because I know I can find, not your cheesemonger, but some cheesemongers can be quite intimidating. Yeah, totally. And you don't want to ask questions, but you yeah. say you should always ask questions. Yeah, I mean, the point of us being there is that you're not going in to buy a slab of cheese that's already cut. You're going to a cheesemonger that's going to cut you exactly what you want, whether that's 10 grams of cheese, mm. whether that's tiny, and you just want to have a nibble and try it. Yeah. Don't be intimidated to ever ask that question. Yeah. Because I think we get a lot of people, especially a few new customers or younger customers, actually, that are intimidated to say, can I just have a little bit of a few? Yeah. And because they think they need to spend a fortune yeah. or have a large, that's not how it is. As a cheesemonger, you want a new customer to come in so that you can tell them your wealth of knowledge yeah. and let them know that this cheese was made by Brian. <laughs> 10 miles away and he's amazing he's been making cheese for 20 years 
And it just gives you that opportunity as a cheesemonger to share your knowledge. And that way, I think that you don't only buy the cheese, you buy into the history of it mm. and the person that makes it. And that's what makes it important. Yeah. And it also makes your job a bit more interesting because you're getting to share your knowledge, aren't yeah, you? Like you spent ages yeah, learning exactly. everything. Yeah. So and we if, spend ages. If you don't get to show it off. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. So, you know, we have this wealth of knowledge and it is good to share it. And yeah. I think the girls love it. It's a lovely interaction as well. Yeah. You know, you're not going into Sainsbury's and going to a self-checkout. You're going to spend a bit of money on cheese mm. and you want to get the most for your money. I so I think asking questions is really yeah. important. And I know that, che well, we do. We love answering them. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of other cheesemongers do too. <laughs> Another thing that you love for number six yes. is <laughs> cheese jokes. I oh, like God, I know. So I would say on a weekly basis, we say, how can we help? And I would say the amount of people that say, I want some cheese, please, is the top one. Yeah. Or I've come for some cheese. And we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they go ahead and tell us about, you know, Oh, I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but we've heard every single one. I've been sent anonymous cheese books really? in the post, like cheese joke books. I get <laughs> bought them as my stocking filler every year, but we still love them. Yeah. It still makes me laugh and people love telling them. Also. I was going to ask you what your favourite um, cheese joke is. Do you know what? I can't think of any. Oh, um, what was the good one recently? What's Beyonce's favourite cheese? I don't know this one. R and Brie. I thought that was quite current. <laughs> That's very current. And yeah. I hadn't heard it before. Yeah. So I was quite impressed by that one. But we do get a lot. So if you want to impress Morgan, come into Cheeses and Muswell Hill with a with an up-to-date yes. cheese joke she's yes. never heard before. A relevant one currently, yeah. yeah. And then another funny one, a question I always get asked is, do you smell like cheese when you get home? Yeah, and the short <laughs> answer is yes. Like, I do. I have... Um, a large wardrobe which every girl does and one section of it tends to be black leggings black top you know and they are my cheese shop clothes yeah. and no matter how many times you wash them they still got that little scent of cheese <laughs> on them um but it's not all of you it tends to just be your sleeves so where yeah. we cut anything like that but I mean, you get used to it. It's an unavoidable part of the job, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it could be a fishmonger. For number eight, we were going to talk about um, something I know you're really passionate about, which is which is British. Why we should be supporting British cheese yeah. and why we should be asking um, cheesemongers for British cheese. Yeah, I mean, we as a shop have always championed British, so mm. I would say our range is we're around the sixty to seventy percent British, and then we've got continental around the world, of course. Um, but like I was saying, they're so these farms are so close to us. We could go and visit a farm really easily, and so could other people. You know, when you're out and about on your holidays in the UK, it doesn't they're not far away. Mm -hmm. If you're in Cornwall, Cornish Yarg is there. These these farms are super friendly. Lots of them have calves, and you can go and experience this cheese making for yourself. Um, but we have had, I mean, as a business and as cheesemakers and as farmers, we've had a really rough time with COVID. Yeah. Um, and I've seen, sadly, I would say six or seven farms that are no longer around really, yeah. just because they couldn't survive. The amount of milk that was being thrown away was just horrible. Um, and you need to remember that, you know, we're talking about maybe 60% of their trade would be restaurants mm. and bars and pubs. That went overnight. Yeah. So that meant cheese being thrown away. And everyone in the industry really did their best to, we did like a support box um, of of British cheeses we loved and we knew they needed help 
that was our main objective. So did Jamie Oliver. There were people that were really championing championing these British farmers. Yeah. Um, so we always really do push people towards buying British, if you can, and give it a go if you haven't tried it as well. If yeah. you love Brie de Meaux, try a Baron Bigod. Like, it's amazing. Or you love a rock for then try a nice really strong blue British you know it's easy to do yeah and a, a good cheesemonger will direct you in the right direction yeah, as well sure. um so yeah that's something we really really love our walls in the cheese shop is just covered in our favorite you know British cheesemakers yeah, it's something that we can do and take lots of pleasure out of you know yeah. we can eat and support at the same time yeah. so that's great um another back back to the cheese shop um you say cutting wheels of cheese is a skill. Now, I have seen this on your Instagram <laughs> where you're like wrestling these gigantic yes. wheels. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so, I mean, typically you do have to be quite strong, I would say. I'd say the most toned bit of my body is definitely my arms, nothing else. <laughs> but you're carrying, say, a Montgomery is 40 kilos. Wow. Sometimes you're, you're carrying quite a lot of cheese in general, so you need a bit of strength. And also getting through these cheeses. We actually traditionally use knives. Not everyone does that. Some people use the wire. Um, but that means that you really do need to get on top of it and use all your strength to get through these cheeses wow. which can be a bit of a challenge sometimes yeah. but like I said once you've got the hang of it it's amazing so there's definitely a technique to it yeah and you have to cut every cheese in a different way right. so you know you'll use wires on some you'll use huge knives on like a gouda the big two-handed things mm. it's just something you pick up along the way but people seem to love it again these videos get loads of views of us just cutting cheese which yeah. is quite fun <laughs> Um, and do you do, do you do that like in the do you do that at the back of the shop or do you do that in the shop to, like to kind of show people? Or? No, we do it at the front of the shop just because that's where we tend to cut anyway. Yeah, because you've um, got the most room there. Yeah, so as you know, the shop is tiny. It's tiny, so we pretty much <laughs> do everything in sight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people love trying it as soon as it's cut as well. I do believe that once you've just cut a cheese, it's at its very best. Yeah. So it tastes best in those first ten minutes. Amazing. <laughs> um, and lastly, we were going to talk about women in cheese because you were 21 when you opened the shop and at that point, the youngest female cheesemonger in the UK. Yeah. And I know you think it's important that we encourage more women to get into to the cheese world, whether that's cheesemongering or yeah. cheesemaking. I do, yeah. And I think that we have when I started it was very male dominated um it was almost perceived as a man's job as I said you need a bit of strength and um it's been really really lovely in however many years I've done this to watch all the females come up and there's so many girl cheesemongers now um and they're fantastic and the cheese academy one of the courses is actually being run by a friend of mine Emma who's amazing yeah and she's teaching kind of cheese retail skills so it's really changing and yeah. obviously we are women only so we have a lot of girls working for us as well yeah. and I think it's really important yeah. it's it's a, a traditionally the cheese makers were women and um, you know the men were farmers and the women would be indoors making cheese yeah. so it's really really lovely to see more females in it and we always encourage girls to go off and try if you've got a passion for it try these courses and see if you love it and if you want to pursue it amazing and come and ask us for a job <laughs> 
Great. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us today, Morgan. That was brilliant. And if people want to keep in touch with you, I think we just checked your TikTok is yes. at, at Morgan Cheeses. At Morgan Cheeses 1. And then the Instagram is Morgan Cheeses. Morgan Cheeses. Yeah. Brilliant. So they can find out what you're doing there. Yeah. Watch you cutting massive wheels That's of cheese. It. Yeah. <laughs> and general cheese advice. Lots of cheese. I think they call it cheese talk yeah. now. So. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for coming Thank today, Morgan. You. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.